for many, especially with severe postpartum depression, the therapy is only going to get you so far. If you're having this chemical imbalance and things firing off, the medication comes in just another support so that the therapy can work. But we don't, we don't think twice about taking something else for our physical health, right? But for our mental health, we think, no, 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 let me just deal with it. It's Why? so true. I think that's so powerful. Just it's something that we need to treat just as any other part of our body that's ill. I mean, it's the most important one is our brain. You you yeah. can't do it effectively. I promise you won't look back and feel good about those experiences you had if you just let yourself suffer. Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. The crisp is in the air. The leaves have fallen down. It's not happening in your town though. That's so sad. It's so, <laughs> is that weird not having seasons? So there actually is. And I, I know it's not like the same as like the rest of, I guess, the Midwest and the East Coast that gets true fall. But we do have different seasons here. And I remember one of the first things that kind of shocked me is in January, a lot of the trees will start to have their leaves change. So we get sort of like a weird fall in January. Way late fall. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Cause that's so be weird. All the um, like maple trees and all those, they'll have their leaves will turn then. So, but it's weird. Yeah. It, it doesn't, obviously, it doesn't feel like Thanksgiving or Christmas here because it's still like a mild right. climate, but at least the plants do sort of have seasons. And I was thinking about, um, I was showing Charlie a snowman the other day in a book and he was like, huh? Like he did, he was like, he knows what snow, I think he knows what snow is, but he's never experienced snow because it snowed last year, but we went to Florida for my brother's wedding. So I was just hoping, I was like, oh gosh, I really hope it snows this year so he can finally experience like what that is. Yeah. 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 Or like a big snow where we can make some, I think it like snowed like flurries, but it was just like, didn't stick until it did. And we weren't here. I love fall. Fall is like my favorite because it just starts getting like, you start getting like cozy vibes. I mean, winter is cold and then you just want to be inside, but like fall is like cozy season. Yeah. I, and yeah, football starts. Um, I don't, I, I don't feel any good feelings about that. Well, I don't like watching it on TV, but I do enjoy a good football game if I'm going to one. Oh yeah. I enjoy it because of the alcohol and the snacks. That's it. <laughs> That's the only reason I go to any sporting event. That's do you actually enjoy the game? Um, I enjoy it if I'm there and, and I just enjoy the atmosphere when I'm there, but I don't like watching it necessarily on TV, but I also have a really hard time, like watching people who like pour their passion into something lose. And I understand like one team has to lose, but I hate watching. Like, it's oh, horrible. I feel, I feel bad for somebody or I yeah. feel bad if a football player gets hurt. Um, I'm like, Oh no, it is like their whole life, their whole career. Like it's, it's just, like, there's so I, much. Oh God. I take on that energy too much. Like I feel so bad for them. Um, and then if your team, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this is why I hate sports. Let me get on my soapbox. I hate sports because one, it takes like your boyfriend or your husband, like completely away from you. Like they're gone. Like, where did they go? I don't know. They're in fantasy football league. They're watching some game. There's always a game on reason. Number one, reason number two, I feel like it really stresses me out that like somebody's always 
I just feel like there's always there's a level of disappointment. Like half of the stadium is disappointed. You know, it's like and then you just know like somebody is so sad. Like that's <laughs> terrible. Why would you want to put yourself in that situation? Also, like if you're a fan of a certain team and then they lose, then you're just setting yourself up to be sad or mad. And there's all these people that like get in fights at these games because they take it so seriously. <laughs> And there's lots of people that like scream at the TV. Like my grandfather used to be like, that's a terrible call rep. And I'm like, he can't hear you. Like, why are you getting so upset and screaming at a TV? Like they cannot hear you through the screen. Have you watched a game with Jared uh, Haven? No. Oh my God. He's that person. So intense. But it's every single play. Oh my gosh. If he's watching. I'm stressed out thinking about that if he's watching Tom Brady or the Patriots, it's like every single play he's up and he's clapping and he's screaming at the TV. And I'm like, like, Oh my gosh. I mean, Tanner loves football, but he's not, he can watch it with just like sitting there. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Sports just like, it just stresses me out. I just feel like you, you put so much emphasis on something that you're, there's only one team that wins every year. Like you're gonna like percentage wise probably be pretty disappointed (laughs) i guess maybe that's what people like i don't know it's like when because then when your team does win then it's even that more rewarding i don't know it feels good Um, for a minute i i do what i love about like fall is uh i'm switching topics let's Uh, keep it positive Is November, I love November and the fact that it's like gratitude season, you know, they call it like the month of gratitude. And it's something that I just really, it's good to be grateful every time, like every month of the year, all the time. But I like that there's kind of like this intentional focus on it in November and just, um, realizing like what we, what we have, what we can change what we can't and then focusing on the good in our lives and I just love I love that about November and I I it makes me feel bad that like I feel like Thanksgiving kind of gets overshadowed nowadays um because like Halloween's so big and then Christmas is so big and then I know there's like some political um correctness that needs to happen with the theme of Thanksgiving but I do love just like the month of like practice, like having more like intentional gratitude. The food is also very good. And the f- the food is amazing. The food is so good. I'm thankful for the food. I nobody. I mean, okay. So I grew up in a family like my grandmother always ordered a honey baked ham, and I love honey baked ham. And then Evan's family, like no one loved honey baked ham. Oh really? Like, no one liked it. And I decided, like, I was like. Screw this, man. I'm still ordering it for myself. <laughs> Every year, I would uh, still order myself a giant honey baked ham. You should. <laughs> I was like, how giant can I get? But I would freeze lots of it afterwards. But I was like, screw that. If I want honey baked ham for my own tradition in my own house, I'm going to do it. I don't care if it costs me. If they're expensive, they're like $100. What? I don't care. Yeah, it's stupid. But I did it for myself. You should. I'm thankful that I could. <laughs> Yeah, we always do ham and turkey. We do both. What What is your favorite? Like honey baked ham is my favorite Thanksgiving food. Uh, also, sweet potato casserole is so good. Yeah, I like green bean casserole. Is that weird? Mm, no, that's good. 
Do you do like the onion things on top? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like the way my mom makes it. So I think it's mostly like my mom's green bean casserole that I love. That's nice. Yeah. I don't really cook anything. I just like buy stuff, but that's okay. We all, we all can't be cooking heroes. Do you still cook? I try. I mean, I buy groceries to cook and I think that helps, you know? Yeah. So we definitely try. It's hard. Do you have like a signature meal that you like make most often? Like I make I'm, like spaghetti, but that's not like cooking. Yeah. I mean, we do spaghetti and um, turkey meatballs a lot. Hey, turkey meatballs like revs it up a notch. Like yeah, a they're... meatball is so different than just like ground beef in spaghetti. That changes things. <laughs> Tanner Kidding. loves he loves turkey meatballs. So we do those a lot. I mean, we do tacos. I mean, we do easy meals. So we do tacos, mm-hmm. which is easy. Um, we do that a lot too. I we do just like a lot of just baked chicken, to be honest, or breaded chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, where I'll like pan fry it. So and then just like a couple like sides and stuff, but nothing like too signature. Tanner's been wanting me to make lasagna lately. Oh, so I might, I might look, I might make some lasagna soon. I bought, lasagna I made a gluten free lasagna one time. It was not bad. They, the one time. Stuff has up. <laughs> well, you guys, we, I don't even know if we said who's coming on today. We have Dima back. She is going to be, um, we, we had so much fun with her last time asking her all these postpartum questions. And again, we have asked you guys to send us your questions and Dima is going to answer them way better than we can because we decided that it's time to have experts here <laughs> as much yeah. as we like answering your questions. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be fun to have a little segment. Like you said, that Dima can come on and she's, I feel like she's very empathetic. I enjoyed having her on. She's someone who I've kind of become like an online friend with, and she just has a really like I said, like an empathetic, I guess, heart for her, her, her clients. So it's mm-hmm. who are all like postpartum mommies or moms that are pregnant that are just going through what we all have all experienced. And so it's nice to have her on here to help our listeners feel a little bit less alone in what they may be going through. All right. Well, let's take a short break and then we'll get Dima on and we'll ask her all the questions. Okay. So Dima, we have a bunch of questions this time from our listeners. So I'm super excited because I feel like we can finally connect our listeners like directly to, even though they could be, we're just like the median here. Yes. Um, (laughs) Okay. So I'm trying to think of where even to start. Okay. So here's, I feel like a good starting point. How do you get over the fear of going through postpartum anxiety again after baby number two? Yeah, that's a really good one. It's I think it's super common. Here's the thing is we know, unfortunately, if you have a history of anxiety or depression, and that includes any history of a perinatal mood disorder, such as postpartum depression or anxiety, you're at risk of developing it again, right? Mm -hmm. It's good to know that because there's plenty you can do preemptively. And the main one is making sure that you're doing the work yourself to make sure you're feeling happy and healthy i.e. get into some therapy, right? Take in really good content that's just going to help you feel good, right? So like supplemental services, support groups, podcasts that you resonate with, like what support is making you feel good? And take a look at like what was missing last time 
you likely have a very clear understanding, right? Maybe you felt your family wasn't supportive. Mm-hmm. Your partner didn't understand you. Your baby was really colicky. You couldn't figure out breastfeeding. Like what was going on? Yeah. Let's troubleshoot that as much as we can before baby number two arrives and know that no matter what you're going to handle it is the biggest thing. I think remember how resilient you are. There's nothing we can do that foolproof will say you won't experience it again. There's plenty we can do so that if you do, it just won't feel as distressing and you'll know I've done this. I can do it again. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of these, uh, questions this time are around perinatal, peri perinatal moods is that what you is that how you say it um yeah a lot of like anxiety so another question is how do you manage anxiety during pregnancy is it kind of the same thing yeah i mean keep in mind your hormones are raging right so it's not like anything else where we can look at like situational stressors um and other factors you look at all of those but you've also got your hormones raging at baseline Right. So you're already entering in in a difficult spot. Same thing postpartum. You've got your hormones raging at baseline. Right. So I think a lot of that is giving yourself grace and knowing it's normal to experience this. That doesn't mean you have to, you know, like grin and bear it. Definitely see like what is it that I need? Or maybe you've discovered I don't know what it is that I need. How can we figure that out? Yeah. Um, when I was pregnant with Brooks, I had had a, um, uh, chemical pregnancy right before I got pregnant with him. So I had so much anxiety during that pregnancy and it's like hard because then like people tell you, Oh, well, the baby can feel your stress, you know, don't be so anxious. Don't be so stressed. And so it was like so hard for me because then I was like, then I felt even more anxious that I was anxious. But it, it, like you said, for me, like looking back now, I can see the missing gaps and like things that I needed to feel supported that weren't happening. And I did kind of have, I always talk about like I had a redemptive birth with Reed, but I also had sort of a redemptive pregnancy. I was able to go and have that insight and be able to almost in a way like advocate for myself, which is something that's really hard for me. But um I think that's great advice. So you were saying like you, you'll be able to like understand now, which is kind of hard if you're experiencing uh, anxiety during your first pregnancy or yeah, such, but we do have the question also, um, how do you ease your constant anxiety or fear of being pregnant after two losses? This is a hard question. I mean, it's a hard scenario, right? Because yeah, we know how, like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. We know, um, how common miscarriages are, right? Mm-hmm. Because of that, we think, well, since it's so common, like you should just be able to handle it. And we never think it's going to be us, right? We're like, mm-hmm. if it does happen to me, I'll be fine because I know it's so common. We're never fine, right? Whether it's a chemical pregnancy or whether you're miscarrying at 18 weeks and we're not going to compare the two, right? A loss is a loss. What I tell birthing parents, what I tell moms, it's regardless, we're going to honor that baby. We're going to honor that life, right? Especially entering into a new pregnancy and having all of that anxiety. I can tell you statistically, it's not common to have um, like multiple miscarriages, right? In a row, it's less than um, 80%. So 80% or more pregnancy, subsequent pregnancies go on to be quite healthy. It's horrible when you fall into that small subset and you're like, but it happened to me, the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. 
there's very little you can do to prevent that. I think that notion, like keep repeating to yourself, this one's not on you. We enter in and we want to control and we want to manipulate all the factors. We want this to happen so badly when really it's out of our hands for a multitude of reasons. It's the beginning of motherhood, right? Where we're like, but this is my baby. I should be in control. I should know what to do. I should protect this baby. I wasn't able to do that. And how can I go on and have a healthy pregnancy then and remove all this anxiety? The goal is not to remove all the anxiety. The goal is going to be distress tolerance and reduction. And also, did you even have a chance to grieve those losses? If not, like, let's get you into support. You need mm -hmm. to be able to talk about this, not just with friends, not just with loved ones, right? A space where you're not going to feel judged. You're not going to feel worried about, well, I know my best friend also had a miscarriage or, you know, I know this person can't understand. Um, that anxiety is going to be there, right? Just at baseline, especially that first trimester when we know the risk of miscarriage is higher. But it doesn't mean that you can't, again, like do the work to prevent how much pressure you're putting on yourself because that's oftentimes what happens is this poor woman's beating herself up because she thinks there's something wrong with her because all she's seeing are healthy pregnancies because we don't talk about miscarriages right yeah okay so this one's a very specific question it says how can you not get so overwhelmed with being with your baby all day? My baby is eight weeks old and I have the worst anxiety of just being home all day. I'm normally such a busybody. Sure, we can go out and about, but it's just so hard to plan with feeding and I'm constantly counting down the minutes until my husband gets home. He also works night shift about until about midnight, so I think that's hard. I have my mom over all the time, but I feel this weird guilt. And the minute she leaves, I feel so alone and just overwhelmed. My baby cries when I put her down. And I think that also makes me uh, makes this whole thing really difficult. It's hard to get anything done. I'm hoping these aren't out of the norm feelings. It's so hard. They're not out of the norm, but here's what I'll say, right? So if I'm thinking about like, I'm working with a new mom and I'm assessing how she's doing. I look at like overall, what are her feelings? Is overall, is she pretty happy, but then has these moments that feel quite distressing where she's weepy or sad or really anxious, right? But overall, she's happy. Okay. We're still going to explore that, right? But when we know, let's say you're like, no, it's opposite for me. And maybe you're listening to this right now. I'm like, no, it's opposite. Like what's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you, but let's get you some help. That's definitely the person that should be talking to someone clinically to figure out what is going on, right? Because that to me sounds like there might be a little bit of postpartum depression going on. What's happening that this feels so distressing? An eight week old baby is exhausting. Every mom listening to this can relate to those days in the beginning where you're just waiting, you're waiting for something. And then you feel bad because you're like, why do I just keep on to fast forward? Like, that's it. I'm waiting for my right. husband to get home. I'm waiting for this baby to go to sleep. Ugh, but now sundown syndrome's coming on and I don't know what I'm in for tonight, right? Like you're just right. waiting, waiting and waiting. It gets better. You guys have kids and you can attest to, oh my God, I remember, oh, I remember that. I'm feeling mm -hmm. it in my body. It does get better. When it's going on, it's your first baby. You don't think it ever will. Because right. you're like, always going to be like this, Right. And that right. pressure to keep yourself busy, that sounds like a lot of avoidance. Like I'd say shift gears a little bit and think about what is it that I'm running from? What can I do to get more connect connected to myself, maybe to baby and figure out what's missing that I'm not doing for me? Because you still deserve to have your own space 
I know that's really hard with the baby though, but it does get better. Gosh, those weeks are so hard. The beginning is, I mean, it's all hard. What am I saying? It's all yeah. hard, but that beginning yeah. part is so, yeah. You feel like every day you wake up and you're like, it's like groundhog day. I know. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's a question. It's kind I mean, it's kind of in that same, I think area that yeah. same time time zone we're talking about. Okay. My husband sleeps too much. It makes me so mad. We have a four and a half month old. We bed share. So I feed him at night, but I feel like from 9 PM to 6 AM, there's zero help for my husband at the moment. He does 8 AM to 4 PM online work class. And he feels the need to nap during his lunch break while he's at home. Meanwhile, I sleep and wake up with the baby every two hours. I don't work at the moment, but I have two children. He expects me to do all all this crap at night by myself. He was a jerk when we brought, well, I remember calling my husband a jerk. He was a jerk when we brought the baby home because he didn't do well and no sleep. But now I'm so mad because he sleeps like he did before the baby and still tries to get that same sleep. Now I feel that. Oh, I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, it doesn't feel good to have that type of resentment to your partner. No one right. walks around saying, I'm happy that I feel like I could just grab him and shake him. Or right. right now, like we don't we don't like that feeling, right? It's really hard to sift through the anger and the resentment and feel motivated to address it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what's going on? Are you sharing with your partner and they're not hearing your needs, right? Maybe see a right. couple therapists and like suss some of that out, you know, and take a look at the smoke signals of all I I hear and what I see is this mother wishing for things, right? Like, I wish I could sleep. That's what I'm hearing, right? Totally. Yes. 100%. I wish I could freaking sleep without right. a camera. I wish I had work in class during the day. I don't. I've got these kids. So I hear a lot of sadness, right? Mm -hmm. of, I wish I had these things. It must be nice, right? Right. Likely what she is sharing with her partner is more of the anger. He shuts down. He stops listening, right? I think if we shift and we focus on, I'm just really trying to share with you, I'm really sad. And I'm really mm -hmm. tired. I need to sleep and I need my own sense of self, right? We can't control if your partner hears that or not, but at least you can go to bed knowing I'm doing the work. And I always recommend couples therapy to parents because hello, kids are so stressful, like at baseline. Oh yeah. Especially if you don't feel supported by your partner, like forget it. I have a question. One of my, this is my own question, but one of my friends was prescribed for postpartum anxiety. So I, can't, I can't remember what pill it was, but I remember her saying like, it helps me so much, but I feel so bad that I'm taking medicine and I can't deal with something myself. So how, how could she feel better about doing that for herself? That makes her actually like function well. And like, how, or how could I help her even like maybe feel more at peace with that? Or how could someone feel more at peace with like taking something to help them if that's what they need at the moment? I love that you asked that because I can tell you a very large volume of people who are on some type of psychotropic medication experience a lot of guilt over it, right? Mm -hmm. To put it bluntly, if you have strep throat, I highly doubt you're sitting around thinking, I don't deserve to take antibiotics for this. I'm just going to suffer. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we don't, we don't do that. 
Because what can happen, right? In severe cases of strep throat, you can develop kidney damage, right? You can have a whole series of things that can happen. So we address it with proper medication. It clears up and we move along feeling better. Mm-hmm. Mental health is one of the only areas we do this to ourselves where we are like, I got to sit in it. I have to sit and bear it and feel all the shame. And then you finally muster up the courage to get help and take the medication. And you've got all this shame around it. Right. And like, yeah. why do I need this thing to feel better? If you have a headache, I'm sure you take a Tylenol occasionally. You don't think twice about it. I can't get through my day if I don't take this, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing for psychotropic medication. And remember, it's oftentimes not needed for the rest of your life. It's needed for the season that you're Mm -hmm. stressed. But I'll tell you something, right? A lot of times we'll begin with just therapy, okay? But for many, especially with severe postpartum depression, the therapy is only going to get you so far. If you're having this chemical imbalance and things firing off, the medication comes in just another support so that a therapy can work. Mm-hmm. The services that you're utilizing can work. You can hear and see your friends who have been trying to be there for you. Maybe it wasn't the way you needed, but you weren't able to see that because you were so thick in it. Right. Yeah. But we don't, we don't think twice about taking something else for our physical health. Right. But for our mental health, we think, no, 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 no. Let me just deal with it. It's why? so true. Like why? That's- I think that's so powerful just acknowledging that because I do I even myself in like hard times I've I've felt guilty about like thinking about well what if I did need something or I felt like I was weak but you're right it's just it's it's something that we need to treat just as any other part of our body that's ill I mean it's the most important one is our brain you you can't do it effectively I promise you won't look back and feel good about those experiences you had, if you just let yourself suffer, you won't feel proud of the mom you were, you won't feel proud of the friend mm-hmm. of the partner. And it's much harder to work through years of regret than it is to just address what's actually going on, right? That takes way less work. Right. How do you talk to a partner who say doesn't support the use of antidepressants? First of all, it's really sad. So I I always hate hearing that. I know it happens and it's common. Typically, it's there's a misunderstanding about the way medications work, right? And with anything, there's always going to be adverse reactions to a very small population. What do we do though? We blow those stories up, right? Or mm-hmm. they're like, well, I know so and so, and they took these meds and they went nuts and like all of these horror stories, right? At the end of the day, it's quite simple, right? You love me, don't you? And typically they'll say yes. And say no, we've got another problem. Why would you want to watch me suffer? Why would you want to watch your partner suffer? You are not my therapist, my lover, my best friend, all these things in one. That's not appropriate, right? Like we have to outsource things. It's way too much pressure for one person to be everything for someone, right? It's it's not it's not healthy. Right. They can't do it all for you, nor should they expect to. I think troubleshooting like a value system, like what's going on here that you have a reaction to this and maybe it's right their mom was on meds and they watched whatever it is. It's likely some kind of personal encounter they've had where things did not work out great, but we're not mind readers and we don't know what we don't know. So I think getting to the bottom of like, what is it specifically about this, right? 
And if they're just a jerk, again, that's a whole separate thing. I don't think that's the case for many people. I think psychotropics have a huge misconception and misunderstanding. That's why I think it's really important for partners to join in to some of those appointments, right? With the psychiatrist, with the therapist, get some good psycho ed and let the expert handle the explanation of how the medication works. Not this poor person who just needs these meds to function mm -hmm. at baseline. They just want to feel good at baseline. Right. Okay. Another question we have is how do you, how do you prepare yourself at the end of maternity leave to not be with your baby 24 seven? Oh, I don't like that one. It's I so know. Hard. And that's sad. <laughs> oh no. my God. It's, I mean, I think it's one of the hardest things you'll experience um, as a parent, because like, what can we do or say to prepare ourselves from being away from our children? Like, it's so hard. I mean, and I could go on and on. It's systematic, right? Like we need to overhaul everything. We don't have enough time with our babies. We don't at all. That is why you feel like you're in so much distress because you're not ready and we're forcing you to be ready. It makes mm -hmm. me so not, angry. I know. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. not okay. And again, that lack of agency of, I don't want to be leaving and someone's making me, right? What it comes down to is someone's making me is she's trying to support her family, right? And it's like, if I don't work, these bills aren't gonna get paid. Again, zooming out the bigger picture is why don't we have better maternity policies in place? I don't understand, right. right? Clearly these things are not up to me. I think taking a look at how can we get you through the first few weeks? Cause they're gonna be really hard. It gets easier. I certainly mm -hmm. don't feel as stressed as I did dropping off my kids from day one. In fact, over time, I upped the amount of daycare they were in because I realized how good it was for me to have that separation and do my own thing. That took mm -hmm. a long time, right? We're talking three years plus, and I do this for a living. But for some moms, really, I take a look at what can we shift? Is working part-time financially possible for you? Is taking a year leave of absence possible for you? Oftentimes, we can get creative with things that we didn't even think about. And a lot of moms will be like, no, 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 no one in my company works part-time or no one's taking a leave. I don't care. But if they care about you, they will, right? So it's knowing it does get better with time, right? But it's, it is really difficult in the beginning. If it's continuing to feel really distressing, maybe it's time to look into perhaps, can you drop down a part-time or can you do something of the like, can you do a hybrid model, et cetera? But I promise it gets easier. Mm -hmm. I know it's so hard when you're in the thick of like the new hard, like the no sleep, the going back to be without your baby. There's like these moments that are, they are seasonal and it does get better. But when you're in yeah. it, it's just so, you just can't see the, the Tuesday down the road, you know, like, I think it's hard because like our bodies are hardwired biologically to be with our babies, you know, that little. So it's so hard when, like you said, like the, we, you know, maybe you have to go back because you have to provide for your family and you don't really have a choice, but it does it, it like the maternal care and the paternal care, like the leave in America is just so awful. And it's, it's something that I feel like people don't talk about at all. Like it's something that I wish was spoken about much more, um, when it comes to politics, but well, thank you, Dima. That wraps up our listener questions. If you want to stick around, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to jump into our bad mom, good mom segment. So if you have a moment of the week, think about it, Dima, because we're going to ask you. Thanks so much, guys.
Um, I guess we'll kind of explain this one to you. So we do this segment called Bad Mom, Good Mom, and you can choose whichever one. Like you can talk about like a moment where you felt like maybe you you failed as a mom, um, just something like, or it could be something really funny. Um, or that we do like a good mom, which is like something you d- that you're proud of that happened this week that made you feel really good about being a mom. So we usually mm. do something. Okay. 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 I'm like the so bad do- one that up with 50. I'm like, what? Oh, I, I know do- <laughs> we're, we're like always bad moms on here. Like the last time we did this, we were good moms. And I was like, there should be a bell that we ring yeah. every time. It's like good mom. And we're like, ding, 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 yeah. ding. And like the bell never rings. We talked about how we, sh- we should celebrate our mom wins more, but we also oh, yeah. like to talk about our bad mom stuff because sometimes it like makes, yeah, it's relatable. It makes somebody else out there feel like, well, I'm not, you know, it's not just yeah, me. For sure. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. I know. Okay. All right, Carly, do you want to jump into the segment and then? Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm like trying to think of what I probably did a lot of bad things this week. I honestly feel like it's been, so I think Charlie's like teething or something and he just doesn't, just doesn't want to eat this week. And so the only things he will eat, which I've said, I think I've said this before, like Charlie just always gets popsicles or like popsicles. Like he just wants popsicles or he would like, you know, wants something that like tastes good, but he doesn't even like, if I give him a cookie, he'll eat like one bite of a cookie. He's just really not into eating. So I personally just feel like a bad mom because I feel like my kid just hasn't eaten all week. And he normally like eats pretty good, but like he'll, I'll make him like macaroni and it's it's like his favorite thing. And he'll have like two bites. And then he's like, and everything right now is and everything. So I feel like personally, I'm, I'm just, one, I'm not a good cook. So that could be a problem. Um, but personally, I just feel like a bad mom because I feel like he just has gotten like zero nutrition. The only thing he really wants to eat is those like little yogurt. We'd stick a straw in them, but like a little yogurt thing. Like, oh, oh my yogurt gosh. smoothies. Yeah. Like Danimals or whatever. Uh-huh. And they're like, yeah. not even good for you, but I'm like, well, at least it's something but like fat, milk and popsicles. That's, that's the diet we've been on this week. So sad. Poor kid. <laughs> That's my bet. It's not like specifically terrible, but I just feel like, gosh, gosh it's so hard though more. when your kids go through those stages and they only want like three different things. Like, what are you going to do? Let them like, you mean, you just give them what they could eat, what they'll eat. Sometimes. I know. I know. It asks you and you're like, um, <laughs> what's it been eating lady? Zero popsicles, <laughs> zero and popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, mine has to do sort of with, um, things that kids put in their mouth too, but it's not food. It's really funny. how (laughs) It's really funny how different each, like people are when it comes to their parenting and their parental choices or perspectives, because Tanner's grandma just moved into town and she's a little bit more, I would say like, she was probably a little bit more of like what you would call like a helicopter mom. She, is very like careful about a lot of things when it comes to like letting kids take risks and stuff. But she was over the other day and Reed was in one of our little succulent garden things. And he had a, it was a big rock, but he had the rock in his mouth and that doesn't bother me. Like, I'm like, Oh, I'm just letting him just suck the on the rock. It's fine. Um, but she was really freaked out about it. And then it made me almost feel like a bad mom. But then Tanner's sister, um, Corey, came into town and he was doing it again the next day. And she was like, oh, it's fine. He can't choke on that. And I was like, oh, yes, my people. 
<laughs> but it's funny because like for a second I felt guilty. I'm like, oh my God, should I not let my kid like suck on this rock? But then I'm like, what? A- oh, he's fine. Yeah. You can't choke on it. He's not going to, it's fine. I love that. Exactly. We can't choke on it. We're winning. Like, honestly. Yeah. I was like, he's content. <laughs> he's happy. He's quiet. Enjoy the rock, you know? <laughs> All right, Dima, it's your turn. I have so many, you guys. This is like so hard. I'm like, okay. You can do multiple. Okay. No, no. That will be <laughs> my therapy session then. Not till tomorrow. So, so my daughter is 15 months. She's in physical therapy. She's always been like three months behind her physical milestones, mm. but she's got it, you know? So they're not worried about her. It's just some intervention to get her where she needs to be. She's small and scrappy, okay? We have two <laughs> They're carpeted. Um, I only have gates on the top of my stairs, not the bottom, because it was so hard to find a gate that fit this like weird width and band. Yes, you know it's I mean? terrible, I yes. I feel that, yeah. So I'm like, well, if they're at the top, then that's better than nothing. Okay. When I know they should be at the bottom, fine. I picked them up from daycare. It had been a long day and she likes to climb up the stairs herself. So it's literally a step in front of her, but she, she fell down the stairs. She was, oh, I don't even know how no. high I can't even remember. And I'm like voice messaging my friends. Cause they were asking me a question <laughs> and I'm like, wah, wah. and then you just hear a scream with my daughter. Oh no. So sad. She just tumbled right down in its tile. So she oh. had a bump on her nose. We had family photo. You know, of course. Oh, of course. Perfect timing. Why yep. Why not? So she's got this like gash on her little button nose. Um and my son lectured my three year old lectured me. He's like Mom, stop you're supposed to watch her on the stairs. Now look at what you've done. But why do they do that? I do that. That's why I was like, because I'm (laughs) reactive. Right. So I'm like, Oh my God, he's me. And then I I felt bad. And then he said, but it's an accident. So it's okay, mommy. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Thank thank you. So she was fine, but I definitely felt bad. And I should have been behind her, not in front, but you know, when you're just like over the day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have to do this. I have to do that. Totally. So I will say there's not a day that goes by that my kids don't get a new bump on their face. But every single day there's a new scratch or a bruise on one of them. And it just, it's just a daily occurrence. I know. I know. know. It's crazy. (laughs) Kids are just like. So many boo-boos to kiss. So (laughs) many. I know. So many. You always feel so bad too. I'm like. I know. Okay. Well, we'll get be- we'll be better next week. Yes. <laughs> That's what I always say. Those oh. stair falls are so scary, though. Emmy Emmy no. fell down the stairs um, oh. almost a year ago, and lo- she actually knocked out a tooth. And it was the mo- oh my yeah, it was terrifying. But no, it's horrible. Yeah. And you watch in slow motion. Like there was nothing I could do, you know. And oh, I'm like, right. I was right. there. everyone's like, where were you? literally right there right there (laughs) I wish I wasn't I was right there oh it's just one of those things things happen so fast you know it's like you can't reach down fast enough it just just happens I know that's just mom life just being a mom literally yeah oh well thank you so so much for being with us again we just we love having you on um can you also tell people again well first off you need to go uh listen everyone to our last episode with dima if you missed that one but if you are if new to listening to uh dima on our podcast she's going to tell you where you can find 
her on social media and all all over all of the things. You're so sweet. Um, so you can follow me on PPDEMA. So P-P-D-E-E-M-A. I can spell my name, I swear. Um, <laughs> just, I try to post psychoeducational stuff, but also I like to have fun. So it's a lot of satirical reels um, that no one watches. So feel free to join in. And <laughs> I watch them. I watch them. Thank you, Jade. So, um, but just trying to make the days go by faster for all of us out there. So. Well, thank you so much for being with us again. We so appreciate you and all of your incredible advice. We, I mean, so glad to have you on. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.